back here hanging out, chilling. And when I start to play the music, everybody starts to... Welcome to Planet Dirtbag, and um, yeah, I just wanted to, sorry for the delay in the episode, but uh, we just had to give a trigger warning. Yeah, so we wanted to include a trigger warning for this episode because we are going to be talking about pretty heavy topics, um, including suicide, self-harm, mental health issues, mm. um, gun violence, and violent topics. It's true, it's true. It's true, he says. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, it's bad, but it's yeah. trigger warning? No, it's... But also, I'm pretty sure you're all adults. It's rated E for explicit content, so... Yeah. Yeah, it is, there's some stuff that's kind of graphic, but we're just, we're, we're letting you know. If I sound insensitive, it's just because I'm a New Yorker. Get the fuck out of here. That's how I sound. The horror. Because <laughs> I always sound like... <laughs> I'm dead. I was so mentally dead this episode, guys. So I'm so sorry. I'm just like, yeah. As I'm like tripping balls. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I did what I could. Literally. Literally. But uh, I don't know. I just I just want to get to the heart of the matter, you know. Sometimes, sometimes I go straight into my air qualities and I'm just like, get to the point. You know, or maybe, or maybe it's my fire sign and I'm trying to inspire, I'm trying to muse out a new situation. Anyway, I'm a New Yorker and I just gotta say, these are just opinions, not facts. And that's facts, that it, these are not facts. <laughs> yeah, it's also just for funsies, you know. But yeah. also James Charles is a creep, he's such a loser. I don't know, I don't trust that hair of his, that Jimmy Neutron shit. Oh, uh, yeah, right? Okay. There's... He holds too secrets much, in his hair. Right? Too much chemicals. Too perfect of a hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah hi, episode. guys. Enjoy. Right. Episode is resuming in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to Planet Dirtbag. Welcome back, bitches. This is Planet Dirtbag. My name is Hannah. I'm coming to you live-ish from San Diego, California. Hello, my name is Albie, and I am coming to you live on my train back to New York after I took a little detour down to Columbine to see how easy it is to get a gun, you know? <laughs> it's... Wait, actually? What can I say? I'm doing hard-hitting investigation for the pop. <laughs> Okay, what have you been up to, Albie? Well, there's always, like, something interesting going on, but I can't really talk about it. Something scary happened. And, well, right now I'm, like, going back into, like, my esoteric ways just because it's so powerful mm-hmm. right now. More than ever, I think. But something has been bothering me for a while, you know. And I was talking to one of my friends the other day, and... I also started reading Promethea by Alan Moore, one of the greatest occultists to ever live, and also, like, investigating Evangelion through, like, an occultic lens, and I feel like I'm being asked to look back to my spiritual and occultic references now more than ever, and I I think maybe it's because I'm gonna go into a new journey soon, I'm gonna try to convert to Judaism, and... There's something in the air, and I need to prepare spiritually. What about you, Hannah? Well, okay, so yesterday, my roommate was, like, letting me drive her car, and, oh my god, so I was, like, 
because I live in California, I went to In-N-Out, and I was, like, in the parking lot, eating my food, vibing out, and I'm, like, trying to, like, pull through a spot, and I accidentally hit somebody's side mirror, and, like, broke part of the mirror, I know, I felt so fucking bad, so I just paused, and I, like, paused for a second, and then I started crying, because I'm a fucking Pisces, and I felt so bad, I felt so bad, so I started crying, and I'm, like, writing a note, and I'm, like... (laughs) Like, writing the note, and I'm like, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, like, get out of the car and, like, put it on their car, and I'm crying, and I'm like, <laughs> and I just, like, sit in the car for a second, and I'm, like, crying, and this couple, they saw the whole thing, and they were kind of, like, watching me, like, cry and, like, not know what to do after I, like, left the note and stuff, and they, like, come up to me, and they're like, you okay, honey? And I'm like, <laughs> I left a note, like, <laughs> I'm like freaking out and then like a security guard for like the plaza or whatever comes and he saw it and it was like so minor and I was like freaking out because I'd never like that had never happened to me before and I don't know I just felt so guilty and bad and like I didn't want to do damage yeah. to his car and so like the security guard comes and he was like oh honey and he just like laughed he's like it's really no big deal like I've done so much worse and um so yeah, that happened. Um, I've been up to a lot of shit. I'm fucking kind of dead right now, but I'm right. alive. Mm-hmm. Um, chilling. I'm Pisces, Mercury too. So I feel like every transit of Mercury, like I feel it. Like I feel like the collective shift in communication and stuff. Like I feel it. Well, if I remember correctly, your son conjuncts Mercury, so yeah, whatever Mercury's exactly. doing does have to affects your being. Sort exactly. Of. And so yeah. So like I feel No, it. I totally understand how you feel, Hannah. I mean, for me, from now to like the beginning of twenty twenty three, um Natum's gonna be right up on my moon sign. Um the moon has to deal with like your emotions your how you nurture yourself when you're feeling duress um your mother it also has to deal with like your inner world your psychic receptivity and then neptune is the planet of like spirits and dreams and the collective unconscious so now more than ever my emotion is very fluid to understanding the spiritualness the collective energy of like people and plants and the world i mean i'll be more empathetic and i'll be more fluid and understanding and i guess embodying other people's other things other cultures like emotions and sympathy and like psychic you know underliningness of their frame of work and also during this time oh i guess my magic is going to be stronger than ever i mean neptune deals with like the fantasy and illusion the spirit so it's like now more than ever i'm able to like reshape my reality and bring it out forward for you to like dream something bigger something more exciting make you believe in something grander and that's also one of the biggest most powerful magic there is just reshaping somebody's life to be grand than it already is and if you date me well lucky you you're gonna feel more grand than you already are and neptune's also a planet of forgiveness and redemption i guess it also goes back to like my fluidity and compassion of being able to understand the underlining psychic energy and psychic tunes and the psychic shadows that goes behind 
everyone and everything so i'll be able to help or like want to help or able to see and dissect people's underlining cycle psychic trauma psychic pathology and well it's gonna be fun time <laughs> that's all i gotta say and if you see me dating a serial killer well then mind your fucking business i'm doing research uh and trying to figure out what causes people to be this way and also you'll see me like de- doing unnecessary <laughs> commentaries on society and culture so the pot is perfect than ever more perfect than ever also by the way guys i'm really i'm already taken so yeah it's a science project you're you're a gemini venus you know yeah, there's fluidity towards my interest um yes oh absolutely Oh my god. I feel like for Air Venuses too, maybe not as much Libra, but I feel like it's like people are kind of like science projects in a way. <laughs> like they're kind of like an investigation into yourself, into your reflection of yourself in them and a whole bunch of other shit. It's so mental. It's so weird. Well, I got like a really strange offer from like, uh, I, well, I don't know if I can say because it it's not even out up and about yet, but um, thanks to the pod, thanks to my astrology page, thanks to that little like weekly horoscope I wrote, um, I got a few offers about something, so we'll see how that works. Hey. Um. So, all oh, right, right, right. We're talking about Air Venuses. Um. To get back to that, well, I've been like really reading into the Kabbalah and a lot of occultic texts, so I feel like I got a better understanding of like the elements. And let's see. So, mm. water science is all about memories, emotions, compassion. Earth science is all about the material world, which is very important. Looks, um, desires, everything that keeps us like materializing things into existence and then like fire sign is all about dreams and aspirations and the spirit and then air sign is all about logic and reasoning so like when it comes to romance um we're connecting with people not through an emotional compassion empathetic level we're not connecting someone through like Mm. just the escapism of like the material world and their looks and the physicality and we're not also relating to them through our ideals and dreams and fantasies we're relating to them through logic and reasoning of who they are and what they present themselves and how they think and how they act you know we analyze all of their little quirks and air science is just like the swords in the tarot it's all about cutting through the bullshit and just seeing them for what they are or trying to understand them for what they are very true in like a very very mental way yeah and then we like to like cut them in the throat whenever they try to present some weird fantasy or relate to us in a weird non-mental way (laughs) very true yeah i feel like it's air science left you cut through the bullshit well mm, i don't know about that for libras (laughs) libras are kind of hot i like how gemini's get all the shit for being two-faced but like you know (laughs) i'm be a little well, Gemini is all about like code switching and like gathering information and disseminating and like spreading it out. So if that's two faced, then don't tell them a secret. And it's also about code switching in the sense of like they weigh out their options, they see the good, the bad, the middle ground, and they find their own yeah. stance in the gray. But, um, oh yeah. <laughs> like, ah, I don't know. 
Right. No, I feel this energy. I mean, usually you're more like high energy than I am. I'm like always low energy, and I try to make it effortless. But um, let's see. So I was in Columbine for some research. Oh, because I was watching the Bowling for Columbine documentary by mm -hmm. Michael Moore like earlier this week. Have you seen it before? I have not. So it's a documentary um trying to understand the psychic background and the underlining of what happened in Columbine. It was one of the deadliest mm -hmm. school shootings that's ever occurred and people were fascinated to try to understand what made two high school kids yeah. shoot up everyone, you know? The film got me really fascinated because they were trying to dissect, like, Michael Moore was trying to dissect, like, why is there so many, like, shootings in America? Like, more than the rest of the world. And, like, he put up the statistics at the time about, like, how many people are killed by guns each year. And in Germany, it was, like, 381. In France, it was 255. In Canada, it's 165. In the UK, 68. Australia, 65. Japan is 39. But in the United States, it's 11,000. And that was, like, in the late, Jesus like, 90s. Christ. And I was looking at it right now, and it hasn't even changed. Like, the statistics of, like, people who get murdered by guns. In 2019, it was 15,000. 2018, it was 14,000. 2017 was 15,000. Like, the numbers have been very steady. Like, tens of thousands of people die each year yeah. due to gun violence. Like, it, it hasn't changed in the last two decades. It's, like, baffling very to true. me. In 2021, so we are on the 100th day of 2021, mm -hmm. and there have been 130 mass shootings so far. 11,000 people have died due to gun violence Jesus in the, Christ. what, January, February, March, in the four months of 2021. Yeah, in 100 a, days. Right, according to the org website. Insane. Also, That's like, so the... Bad. No, it's insane. And, like, in the documentary, they were, like, trying to dissect, like, what makes us different? Like, in Germany, it's only 300 people that die from gun violence. In Japan, it's 39. In Australia, it's 65. Well, the answer is really obvious for us as to, like, why there's so much gun violence in America than other first <laughs> world countries. And I like the documentary, The Poroch, of, like, making us really, like, try to figure it out. Because it's, like, the answer is obvious if you read the news. But for people who don't or are too rich to care, I like that they had an interesting approach to it. One of the fathers of the Columbine massacre victims said that, like, every time I bring up the comparison with other free world country, what I hear is, like, oh, our culture is so different, we're so different. And they say themselves this on to try to like figure out like why there's always so much gun violence in america but like other countries they also have violent video games they have violent movies they have like angsty alienated you know punk youth like they also like don't have um prayers in school but like what makes us so like radical and violent and that's kind of like the thesis of like the investigate of the documentary They're trying to figure out like why is it like what makes us you know different the only thing that makes us different is our gun accessibility Facts. Um, it's so fucking easy to get a gun here it's so easy there's so many ways around any gun laws that we have and like it's just bullshit 
And also, we're just going off such a misinterpretation of the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment was written so that people could revolt against the government. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. like a, oh, you need this because, like, you need to protect yourself against other people. You need to protect yourself against the government. And now the government is fucking us in a lot of ways, but because they're not helping us with this gun shit. And, like, people are like, oh. Like, honestly, like, if you want to protect yourself, get, like, a Glock. I don't think you need an assault rifle, a weapon of, like, to kill hundreds of people within moments to protect yourself. Like, if you feel like you can't protect yourself without, like, a assault rifle what the fuck are you doing documentary also did a great job in like narrating the gun violence in america and like it first starting with the settlers coming over and using guns to push and take over native american communities and then like um down in the south there were slaves um and after 200 years of slavery black people started outnumbering the slave owners and they started revolting and chopping down their heads as they should and white people got scared and started getting automated like weapons it kept evolving involving a lot of racial tension and like now in today's day and age it was like corporations politicians and the news media had done such a great job to like get america scared you know that there's so much violence out there that there's so much like people out to hurt you you know like you don't even need a reason to own a gun anymore and they say that the statistics of like gun violence have like decreased you know as the population increased like Mm -hmm. um and then they also went into the fact that like the news media will sensationalize and dramatize certain stories that fit a certain narrative to get people scared, to get people riled up, to get people tuned into the news because they're all just seeking ratings, you know? And it gets people scared and it gets people thinking America's really more dangerous than it actually is. I mean, we've seen this with the election cycle, like... Um, the news media will sensationalize everything Trump has done just because he's so dramatic and flamboyant about everything. And now that he's gone, like, the new, and now that COVID is kind of going down too, the news media, like, ratings have dropped significantly because they don't have any stories anymore. So, uh, I'm scared to see that with all of this going on, they might not shift the focus and emphasis on, like, Biden's um terms and biden's policy because he's not really dramatic he's not really like you know sensational he's so boring and i'm scared to see the progression of where our current media cycle is going to go to if they're going to like dramatize and blow up the crimes that go on in inner cities and in the suburbs that are typically has been racist and have been hyper focus on sensationalizing the violence that occur within like um disenfranchised people which oh my god and i was talking about this to my oh to my boyfriend when i was on a date the other day because i was thinking about like why don't we have like such strict gun reforms like it's so insane like you could just go buy a gun you don't even have to the only prerequisite is like you don't have like mental disorder or something or like you're not a felon in many states you know like it's so easy like in wisconsin just to get a gun like you don't really need anything in florida it's just so easy to get a gun 
And, mm-hmm. like, as I was th- thinking about this, I'm like, you know, one day they're going to have, like, a shooter who's going to make it their sole, like, manifesto to make fun of the fact that it's so easy to have a gun. And not that I wanted it, but maybe I was just thinking about it, and maybe I was tuning into the collective, but uh, this did happen, actually. Mm. Um, have you heard about, like, the two Texas brother that killed their whole family and then committed suicide? Yes, the manifesto was really fucked up. Ooh, it was, it's, it's also interesting because, so we talked about this in my women's studies class, the phenomenon of this mm-hmm. happening, and it Wait, mostly wh- being, like, shootings and stuff, so oh. we talked about it, like, the media perpetuates this in a way where the shooter is given attention, so that is a, it's a motivation in a way, because, you know, we read their manifestos, we talk about them, we talk about who the shooters are, like, things like that. And it's also, the case that we're about to talk about is slightly different, but it's also typically an issue where it is, like, it's white males who are the shooters in, like, mass shooting incidents. And, like, there's just this whole, like, media cycle that kind of perpetuates this. And also, like, it's fucked, but mass shootings help the American economy. Every single time there's, like, a big, like, publicized like shooting that's in the media stocks for guns go up oh for sure that it helps the stock market which is so fucked up shit like that happens like you know like pro uh, gun right organizations have their hands so deep in american politicians pockets like it's such a fucked up complex issue yeah, and these boys were really... Well, did you read, like, their whole 12-page note yeah. that they left no, on I didn't. Instagram? Um, oh, let me find it. It's on Instagram? Fuck. But in, like, okay, according to the New York Post, in a rambling 12-page note initially linked to the Instagram page of Farhan Tohed, who was 19, said that he and his 21-year-old brother, Tanvir, Tanvir Tohed, were united in manic depression and all-day tv watching session the first and most important show we watched was the office farhan wrote in the note that he stated hey everyone bad taste well there's a lot of things he talked about in his suicide note but i just wanted to read a part that's not where it's really out of the ordinary he stated this if the only reason to live is for happiness then logically you should live if you aren't happy that makes sense, right? Imagine waking up, being waterboarded for an hour, electrocuted for 20 minutes, forced to watch the first half of season 9 of The Office, and finally put to sleep. And now imagine repeating the cycle daily until you died. In this scenario, I'm sure that every single one of you would prefer that. So, um, in the case of his suicide note, he connected the dot of, like, season 9 of The Office being so shit after Steve Carell, and it should have ended there to relating to the fact that he's not happy, and he should have died when he was in his teen years and he was happy and things were perfect because he wasn't able to maintain that sort of happiness. It's weird because they kind of used this as like a a platform in a way by leaving this manifesto. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a common thing too that also perpetuates a culture around shooters and stuff that there's this like habit of leaving a manifesto and the attention that we give to the shooters themselves. It's fucked. Right. Okay, so I'm just gonna read this snippet of the of the his suicide note. 
Um, it begins like this. Hey everyone, I killed myself and my family. If I'm going to die, I might as well get some attention. I'm going to cover four very important issues I encountered throughout my life. Who knows, some good might come out of it. I would say the only part of the plan was getting... Oh, and then he goes on to talk about the... I really did not like space out my my notes really well. But yeah, one of his important issues was just the fact that like the office went to shit. And then he went ahead and made fun of the fact that um, it was so easy to get a gun. You know, and it was like one of the last pages of his manifesto, he said. I would say the only hard part of the plan was getting the guns. But that would be a lie. My fourth and final point, gun control in the U.S. is a joke. All my brother had to do was go to the gun shop, say something about wanting a gun for home defense, sign some forms, and that was it. There was a question asking if he had any mental illness, but get this, he lied. He literally just said no. They didn't ask for proof or if he was taking any medication. He was just the year yes or no question. Literally anyone can get a gun if they haven't been officially diagnosed. Thanks for making the process so easy. Allow me to explain. Anyone who knew me knew that I... And then, and then he goes on to say that like he made his decision to kill his family not out of like any emotional you know, point, but the fact that he made it from like a place of pure logic and every decision he made is based on pros con list including cl killing his family and like the two boys went to like really prestigious university and even his sis his 18 year old sister that he was gonna like that he killed had like a full ride scholarship to the nyu to nyu or columbia yeah. i believe so it was like not a family of like it was like a family full of like people who were really intelligent you know absolutely i think it's interesting too that he said it was like pure logic because okay so they talked about too how they were gonna like wait a year and then they changed that to a month and it's like logic is objective and what he was doing was completely fucking subjective and he's like oh it's pure logic no motherfucker this is not logical it's like you know what would be logical going to therapy and he said he was put in, like, a therapy camp or, like, whatever the fuck. But, like, sometimes treatment is difficult. Right. You don't um, kill well, somebody about it. Right. Well, the two boys have been, like, manically depressed for years. Like, they would cut themselves and they would go on these, like... I don't know. Have you had, like, manic episodes? Um, well... Because I've had. <laughs> and, like, you can't really... You believe anything you tell yourself. It's... Yeah, I mean, I it's, understand uh, that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's hard to get out of it. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I forgot, but it was like I also read somewhere in the forum that they were on some like really controversial like neurological um, drug that I can't remember mm -hmm. the name of. I think it was like SSR or something. SSR? Um, what do you mean? Uh. Yeah. Uh, okay, I did write it down. I SSRI. Oh, SSRIs are typical antidepressants. It's selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Yeah, I've been exactly. On SSRIs before. SSRIs are typical for antidepressants. Um, he wrote. Hold on. He wrote exactly the. He said he was on twenty-five milligrams of, which is a relatively low dose, of. Uh, let me find it. Let me find it. 
Yeah, which is typical. Like, I... If you have... Uh, Desvenlixfine. Holy shit, that's hard to pronounce. Uh, Desven... Desvenlafaxine. Antidepressant. What the hell is this? What are the side effects? Um... Oh, it's a it's an SNRI, mm-hmm. which uh, increases the amount of serotonin and neuroreptorphin. <laughs> um, and yeah, but huh, it's it's also connected to your fight or flight response. Um, and it, it impacts the way that you react to stress. I don't know. Well, I was just reading about dread about, like, SSRI and how people have, like, a hard time getting out of the drug and in the drug and, like, um, not being sure how to, like, create the serotonin and uh, all these happy chemicals by themselves when they're on it because they be- can become so dependent and then eventually, like, they become immune to it and can't produce it on their own or can't produce it without the drug or eventually they can't produce it all together but then again i'm not like a chemist so i can't really say much about it all i know is that there seems to be people who connect the two dots but uh, there's also a case to be said about like a lot of these shooters being like chronically depressed so hannah what's your take what's your opinion because i i I don't know yet. I don't know my info. <laughs> That's accurate pharmacologically, but I I think that if you genuinely have like pretty major mental health issues, that it is good to become medicated, um, because but it's not an SSRI; it's an SNRI. Serotonin neuropathy reuptake inhibitor. So it's like slightly different from an SSRI. SSRIs are things like Zoloft and like shit like that. Like I've been on an SSRI, but I've never been on an SNRI. I have grass in my throat. Mm. Delicious. It's spring. <coughs> oh my god, I'm dying. Okay. <clears throat> okay, I think that woke me up. Um. <laughs> I, okay, so. Oh, oh my god. Do you think we could go back to the beginning? <laughs> No, let's not. We're far ahead. We're far ahead. We're too far ahead to go back. Um, all I gotta say is, like, it really disturbed me, the fact that he was talking about how, like, they could never be happy, and that they made the decision to kill their whole family made out of pure logic, you know? Like, I thought it was, like, really sick in the fact that, like, they just view the world through their own lenses and, like, their own narratives and their own, like, narcissistic need, you know? Like, relatively speaking, these were, like, very rational, smart, college-educated boys. I feel like they lacked any sort of self or emotional awareness, you know? Like, they've been depressed for so many years, like, since they were, you know, in high school at the very least. And, like, I don't know. Well, that is, like, the symptoms of, like, depression. Like, you just don't know how to get out of it or see the world outside of yourself you know like you get trapped in your own bubble and your own thoughts and your own emotions and you think it's hard to see if or even understand if things ever do get better you know yeah and And it's also a chemical imbalance in your brain mm -hmm. like there's parts that you have no control over and i think what's fucked up mostly is that 
it's so easy to get guns within the United States. Like, mental health issues aside, like, it mm-hmm. should not be... Like, people are going to have mental health issues. People who have mental health issues to this degree should not be able to get a gun. You Like, it should not be so easy that you can just simply lie and get a gun and, like, write a whole manifesto, like, making, like light of it like that's really fucked and i I thought that was like so fucking narcissistic and vain for them to do like it's such a call for attention to make it about gun issues and like steve carell and the state of the world you know like they they also said in their little um, manifesto that they wanted to kill their family because um they they think their family would never move on from them you know and they're so happy and like like their family's so happy and like if they kill them like if they kill themselves they would always be sad for the rest of their lives you know they didn't give them the chance for growth or anything and it's like it's no wonder i I just don't understand how like these people just couldn't like it boggles my mind because they said that the only reason to live is for happiness yet they didn't think their family had the opportunity to do that after their death like how narcissistic and selfish can you be yeah i mean i think that being in a really deep depression that's super understandable but i think that the bigger thing here is that people can get guns so easily if they're going through this because Mm. lots and lots and lots of people experience deep depressions and awful things but not everybody has not everybody is going to go and get a gun. And, like, also, people shouldn't be able to do that, you know? Wait, they were very calculated. They were going to kill their family either way. Uh, yeah. If it wasn't gun, it was going to be something else. But I yeah. don't know. Well, I mean, well, guns... Well, I think we could both agree. We There should be, like, better gun reforms. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, an old, like, Dave Chappelle bed. Like, Dave Chappelle said in one of his stand-ups that, like, if each bullet cost $5,000, the crime rate in America would go down drastically because no one could afford to, like, bust the cap on someone. And, like, if someone was shot, everybody would be like, hmm, they must have really fucked up. Or, like, hmm, they must be really fucked up. Like, this person just paid $5,000 to kill someone? Like what like who fucking does that that's not normal (laughs) like i thought it was really funny but it was like oh true like crime would go so down because it's not even expensive either to own a gun it's like what Uh, insane insane to me what the uh, country we live in you can find a cheap way to get a gun and it's also like their mental illness obviously went beyond typical depression because if you're depressed, that doesn't mean you're going to go kill people or plot the death of your family. Like, I've been incredibly depressed and going through incredibly hard times, but I was never They're like, incredibly yeah. incredibly narcissistic. Yeah, there's some weird psychological shit going on here. I would never be like, yep, yeah, just going to kill my whole family. Like, it's very <laughs> no. Bait. Oh, I bought, like, this really, like, sweet bubble tea, and it was too sweet to consume. Mm. so i put like a lot of tequila in it to try to see if i could take it that way but then it got too much tequila in it and i had to throw the whole thing away oh so i'm really sad about that that is so Um, sad that's such a loss like it's so fucking annoying why can't we get gun reforms why can't it be stricter to buy guns we don't need guns get over it america it's so fucked 
And also, so sad about like these boys and how they're so self-aware of their emotions and their lives and their and what they're doing, but they couldn't like escape it. And it was very like Norman Batesy in a way. Mm. And um, I don't know. I feel like they were looking. F- well, yeah. I feel like they were looking constantly looking for like this instant cure for their human emotion and sadness and longing and like they could never achieve that like peace they always wanted you know like it was said that by their classmate that these two boys were like brilliant and geniuses but their depression kept fucking them up you know from like achieving Mm -hmm. their goals and going beyond what they're capable of um i guess maybe that's also a pressure that was added to them the fact that they were like just renowned to be like future geniuses um Mm. people who could like change the world but they couldn't live up to it because of their depression you know and i think also like so much of it is literally just so chemical and it's like yeah yeah like it's like no matter like the pressure and like you know what therapy you get sometimes your your brain literally resists treatment and your body chemically resists treatment and it's honestly just one of those things that mental illness is so deeply complex and it can like manifest in so many different ways and it's just like it's really weird like it's like sad but it's also like why would you kill other people too that's fucked no i mean they had a lot of like inner demons and inner pressure that they just couldn't live up to and then it was i think it's like even more sad just the fact that like her sister had dreams and hopes and like Mm. was also like a genius in the family and like she didn't live up to see that you know i don't know but i've been really thinking about like the soul and the mind and religions and themes i guess because saturn is gearing up to enter my ninth house saturn is about Mm. karma and thoughts and like concentration and ninth house is about higher study philosophy religion so i'm really like diving into that um Mm. but like i was reading this i was um right now i'm reading a lot about alan moore he's like this chaos magician and he's an author and he wrote like jerusalem Prometua. he also wrote like comic books like v for vendetta watchmen Mm. um from hell and like in his, one of his, like, interviews that I read, listened to, because I was, like, really absorbing his stuff, he talked about the fact that, like, before the Renaissance, spiritualism was, like, the natural state of human thinking, you know? Like, mm-hmm. everything and everyone had, like, an essence, and everything and everyone, including ourselves, was sacred, you know? And then, eventually, we moved away from... The Renaissance came, and it became, like, the age of reason, you know? And that led to materialism, where the physical world is seen as the end-all and be-all of existence, where inevitably we lose the spirituality, the dimension, the nuance of ourselves, and what it means to be human, you know? Um, And, like, with the age of reason that we're still in, we're, like, dissecting and breaking things apart and apart and apart, and eventually it's, like... We get down to, like, the nitty-britty, like, smallest thing, and we still can't, like, figure out, like, what makes us humans, you know? Like, what makes us conscious? Like, 
Yeah. Is there... It, it makes, like, a culture of narcissism and individualism where, like, no one knows what you dream for. No one knows what you live for, you know? Because, like, a scientific frame of mind is, like, the universe is dead and, like, life is meaningless. And I feel like when you just have a whole bunch of pieces under a microscope, it's not going to be anything. You have to look at the whole and, like, take a space from it. And just, like, some certain things can't be broken down into pieces and symptoms and whatever. Like, you have to look at things holistically and outside of your perspective and from a distance to see things. Like, you know those paintings that are a whole bunch of, like, dots and then you get further away and it's like, it's a painting? You know? It's Uh, like looking uh at those super close up. It's like in a Ferris Bueller's Day Off, how they're at a museum and he's just like looking so closely at the painting and it's all the dots and it's like, you gotta get a little bit further away from the painting, babe. A little bit further right. away. Oh wait, okay, this might be like really <laughs> off, but um, I just wanted to say, I, uh, I don't know, I'm just thinking about this now, but do you think like, I know that people are like trauma dumping on like TikTok and all that, but like... Do people view that as, like, a... Do people view trauma as, like, a moral... Like, a stain on your moral character if you've gone through or haven't gone through trauma? I think that's individual. I feel like people's views of trauma are so individual. Societally, I'm not totally sure. Like, I have no angle, but, like, how do you think trauma is viewed, like, societally in the U.S.? It's common, but I feel like it is looked down on in a way. But also, I kind of hate that about TikTok, where people just want to, like, flex how, like, mentally fucking ill they are. And it just, like, it bothers me, honestly, because I'm like, I have gone through so much shit in my life. Like, I legitimately have PTSD, but I actually work on my shit. Like, get log the fuck off. See your fucking therapist. Stop flexing how unhealthy your behaviors are. Like, actually do something. It pisses me off. Like, I hate it. No, that's exactly what I wanted to talk about. Okay, now that I'm really thinking about my point. Um, I was just thinking about, like, that whole trauma dumping thing about the fact that just, like, I feel like some people are impressionable and they're, like, trauma dumping all over just to solidify themselves as being, like, good people because they've lived through traumatic experience. But it's also, like, uh, a lot of things can be traumatic, you know? But even then, it doesn't make you a good person to just share it or like just have lived through it you know i feel like Like, there's also like tiktok i feel like it thrives on something that is shocking they want that shock value they want something like out there and everybody wants to be the mm -hmm. quirkiest girl at the picnic on tiktok they all have a raging sense of individuality that's like honestly not even warranted um and so it feels like, oh, this is quirky, this is me, this is, like, unique, this is, like... And it's like, babe, that is unhealthy. That is legitimately unhealthy, and you're a child, you need to go to fucking therapy. You need to deal with your fucking shit, because it's, like... It's not cool to just post, like, oh, yeah, haha, like, I'm about to go fuck my ex who cheated on me seven times, real hot girl right, shit. Or my dad no. left me, and yada yada, yeah. I'm like, uh... I don't think people need to know that. And also, like, like is this a cry really for cute. help? <laughs> it oh, it is a cry for help. Yeah. But it's also like, even if you haven't gone through intense trauma, it doesn't make you 
a bad person either, you know? Even if you lived in, like, a bubble, it makes... It doesn't make you a bad person. And you, like, expressing your trauma doesn't make you a good person either, you know? I was just thinking about this also just because, like... Uh, well, well, I've always struggled with, like, my own identity, but, like, I feel the fact that, like, people having, like, you know how people always dump on white people for having no identity? It kind of gives them a freedom to, like, rise above any sort of, like, order, and they could control their own narrative and form their own future. Like, it's the same way that, like, Malcolm X um, made his initials, his last name, X, because he didn't want to go back to, like, the colonialization and the root of his path. He wanted to give him and every other black person the freedom, the chance to go beyond what was expected of them, to go beyond the prejudice, to go beyond all the negativity, all the stereotypes, to become a new identity, to form a better future for themselves. And I found that, like, very enchanting. And, uh, and then I was just thinking about that just because of the fact that I feel like we live in a age where, like, people keep going back to, like, trauma to try to form an identity, to give structure yeah. to their lives. But it's just, like, true, you could deal with it and morph with it and grow with it and evolve from it but you don't have to go back to it you can rise above it and yeah, imagine a life you're supposed to heal a different from it life and move forward yeah imagine of a different world and a different life and i feel like that's also some of the danger with like um like ment- like trauma it's just like it's easy to draw back to those experiences and those toxic behavior cuz it's kind of gives structure to your life and your the little yeah and sometimes that's what you're accustomed to yeah i fucking hate tiktok though like i i think tiktok is so corny i deleted my tiktok a while ago i hate it i think it ruins a lot of songs and there will be songs that i genuinely like and then it blows up on tiktok and the most annoying people are using it for the corniest shit and i'm like i fucking hate this i hate this fucking app I think the people on there, I hate a lot of the TikTok styles. I don't like the Y2K revival thing that's happening right now. I think it's ugly. And a lot of people think that they are literally just the quirkiest girl at the picnic. And it's so, I don't know, like everybody on TikTok literally is just annoying as fuck. Annoying as fuck, honestly. And like, I feel like it is in a way, like just a way for people to kind of like, post incredibly unhealthy like ridiculous behaviors that should not be glorified and people like yes and it's like no seek help like fucking seek help and it's also like i get it like trauma will reshape the way that your brain works it will alter your brain chemistry and that's understandable we all have well i don't know that we all have some forms of trauma but trauma is a common thing no i mean there is trauma i mean just like uh, trauma could be anything from just, like, uh, falling down a flight of stairs when you were seven to, like, yeah, um, your dad disappointing you and, like, not buying you, a, I don't know, a toy gun. Like, it's so... Uh, it's if so, somebody told me that was their trauma, though, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I'd be yeah. like, that's kind of weird. I'd be like, yeah, that was, like, the first time I knew my parents could disappoint me like yeah like trauma's so wild it's so different for everyone yeah um yeah, yeah. Um, where do we go but, from here? no i was gonna say though like 
like we do have to look back on our past so that we can grow but we don't have to go back to our past you have to like reflect but not return you know and it's also like like if you stick yourself in certain things like everybody has the ability to heal to some degree you know there's shit that's gonna hurt forever in some way and you there's levels of acceptance and stuff and levels of healing and healing is never linear but like also you have an obligation to heal yourself you have an obligation to yourself and to the world to heal yourself and to not be putting that shit back into the fucking world because it's also like sometimes people are just miserable miserable to be around and like obnoxious to be around just because it's like deal with fucking shit dude like grow up because <laughs> like, it's right. like like i get it that it's a process and it's not linear and it happens differently for everybody and it affects everybody differently but it's also like we're still we're not like what has happened to us in our lives is not our fault but we are responsible for taking charge of our own healing right oh my god i was like yeah, I'm reading Alan Moore, I was listening to G-Shack, Adam Curtis, and they all, like, draw to the same conclusion about the fact that, like, us as a culture, like, we keep, like, what is it, like, new things are discovered, like, at such a rapid time, like, twice every minute or something, I don't know, like, there's something new that's being discovered, and, like, even with all this discovery, it's just, like, we keep drawing back to our past to try to improve mm. our current state of the world but like it's not really getting us anywhere you know like there's still racial tension there's still like ugly gun reforms there's still like economic disaster ecological disasters and like a lot of it just has to deal with the fact that like people don't know how to like imagine and live and it, get inspired to try to like bring forward a new world that is not yeah based on like past mistakes and past ideals and past like horrors you know in a way that's and... also relates to tiktok because i feel like people are so fucking unoriginal people like they dress it's like tiktok they listen to like whatever because it's tiktok and it's like there's trends on tiktok <coughs> and people will like do the same shit just over and over and over and over again and it's like right because because they think forward. it's cute and it's safe and it, there's a standard to it and they, there's a mold to it and they know how to like follow it like there's no creativity or originality or yeah. whatever like i like my whole well i don't really like dress inappropriately i guess like my whole stick is just being like a 70s high school boy kind of thing uh, not original but that's just my thing you know i just love that whole like male aesthetic I, but, um, and i've been doing it for a whole decade i feel that um, the way that i dress has never been like trends and whatever i just mm-hmm. like i like what i like there'll be color i enjoy but like for i just i'm gonna wear it in what i feel sexy and what i feel comfortable in like, I like to wear dresses and skirts. I like to dress more masculinely sometimes. Like, you know, I like to wear some dom shit. Like, it's just whatever the fuck I feel like, you know? Okay, yeah, now I truly <laughs> define what my style is. It's less like a 90s, no, yeah, like a 90s all-American boy next door from a horror film or something. 
You know, he wears the flannels, he wears the jean, um, the shirt. He's so nice and giggly that he gets murdered, like. And then he gets murdered. That makes sense. Shit. I don't know, but, like, speaking of, like, Gen Zers who, like, scour the TikTok realm, James Mm. Charles been a cube. Well, he's he's been, he addressed that. He did a video where he addressed the fact that he did have flirtatious conversation with minors on Snapchat. And then he made an apology video where he uh, admitted to being reckless and quote-unquote being unaware that they were underage when he was having these interactions. When you're that high profile, you have to screen people. Like, don't be fucking dumb. Don't be like, oh, I was reckless. Sorry. Um, Right. No. Also... I'm 21 years old, and the thought of a 16-year-old disgusting. The thought of an 18-year-old is disgusting. That's a child, bro. Like, no. Also, no, you can't gross. get anybody else, you fucking weirdo. That's so gross. Well, no, exactly. And then in the video, he went on to, like... He tried to keep it, like, really cute and, like, low-key. Like, oh, whatever, everybody does it. But he did admit to, like, this solicitating is... nude photos from underage boys. Um, he, he called himself, like, the victim of, like, the boys lying to him. He admitted to being uh, desperate and lonely and flying out these boys. Um, and then he said he, in the future, he's gonna, like, check their IDs and age in the future. And he's not going to stop trying to, like, talk to boys through Snapchat. So, a <laughs> monster, a pervert, a monster. A, uh, disgusting he needs to be in jail yeah that's completely unacceptable right no one's like pressing charges and i feel it might have to deal with the fact that these were all like teen boys and maybe they don't want to go through with like the lawsuit or deal with like his annoying fans oh Um, yeah because victims always get and like when it's like a person like power and like within yeah like he will. James Charles is also a fucked person. He would come for people's livelihoods and whatever. And like, I, I don't wonder know. what the hell. Like, kind of. He's like in some weird like high school mentality. Like, what, what fucked him over that he has to like still be stuck in that realm and like, yeah, be chasing these like high school seniors or whatever. No, literally, and also like. I feel like he's so stuck in, like, 20-fucking-16, like, the YouTuber, like, shit, like, he's just... And that's when he was in high school. He's, like, it just feels like he's so stuck in that shit. And he's just, like, a gross individual to be that. Like, you can't get anybody your own fucking age. What the fuck is wrong with you, weirdo? Now I feel ashamed that I took a photo of him, with him. Ugh. Ugh, be like that. I met him once, actually. I've never met anybody famous. What? I mean, he's not even famous. Um, yeah. Vaguely really? relevant. Yeah. I mean, I'm from Maine, what? dude. But you're in Cali, San Diego. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's really, like, famous people. Well, there's, like, Tony Hawk, but I've, I've never met him. I don't know. Oh, I thought you meant Tony Hawk. I was like, oh my god, he's, like, Wait, a legend. Yeah. He's, like, Tony Hawk lives in like, San Diego. He and he lives Tony like Hawk, Chad Hanks, away. they're gonna... Uh, Tony Hanks, no wait, not Tony Hanks, Chad Hanks and Tony Hawks are gonna reunite the country. 
Racially, I believe. Racially. I, mean, I don't know if like two harmless. white men is the solution to that. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Because I think after, like, we've gone through, like, four years where we, like, really picture, like, white people as being evil and awful. And, like, I think it's time to take back the narrative and see them as, like, harmless rat boys that we still... Well, like, just, like, everyone has their own dimension and we have to be aware of how, like, shitty they are. Um... But, like, I don't know. I feel like it's time for a change. <laughs> white boy summer again. <laughs> I don't know about all but, that. Um, I don't know about all that, but... <laughs> no, yeah, it's white boy summer for me. It's Jewish... No, it's Jewish boy summer. Yes, because I'm... I'm going to be Jewish. Not racially, <laughs> but, like, culturally, religiously. Um, yeah. No, wait, yeah, I'm going into Judaism because, um... Well, I want to... I want to go into the Kabbalah. And I feel that's going to enrich my, like, occultic beliefs. But, um, I first have to, like, look into Judaism, because, like, it's a branch of, like, the Kabbalah is a branch of Judaism. And, like, I just want to find a way to, like, find meaning in my life, I guess, religiously, through, like, different sets, different scores. Like, in the Kabbalah, there's, like, the Tree of Life. And basically, it has many branches, and all those branches kind of, like, shows you paths and guides into, like, how to navigate your world and how to navigate your life, you know? And, like, you start off as an individual, and then you end up, in the end, of being part of a bigger collective, you know? Like, you figure out the meaning of love, you figure out trust, yada yada. You know, like, Mm -hmm. human experience is, like, a tree of, like, how to experience life and how to cope with it and how to deal with it. Shit, that's kind of interesting. Okay, okay. Ariana Grande is in the Kabbalah, so it's Madonna. And in about a year, Bella Hadid, I know you're listening. You're going to be in the Kabbalah. We're going to be best friends. We're going to be in the Kabbalah Center in New York City. Um, Also, our other listeners, you can join me. We're going to take over the world. But it's not about taking over the world. It's not about taking over the world. It's just about, like... Um, finding your own individuality within the chaos of this world mm. and like finding a community that no it's not even about it it's very personal actually yeah hmm. just raising your own personal consciousness thinking what you think yeah. and defining how and what you think I feel this fuck uh, dude I'm so like my brain fog is so bleh. I don't know why I'm fucking well, like we, this. We got almost an hour log. Shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we just kept talking. And sometimes, you Dude, know, I yeah. lost my train of thought. I'm, I'm in a mood. Mars is about to cross over my first house. Oh, so I'm geez. literally, I'm operating in a dreamlike state. So if my thoughts are not totally coherent, but you kind of get it, bless you. I do mean well. I do mean something. Um, I do mean something. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like you might get the essence of it, and I think that's all that matters for now. Honestly, truly, truly. I've been thinking lately also, like, um, about... Fuck, what was I going to say? I was thinking about this in the car earlier. I was driving and shit, and I was, like, thinking about it. I feel like I give off, like, a very... I don't know if it's my voice. I feel like it's kind of my energy. I feel like I give off, like, a... Like a sexual vibe without intending to. Like, yeah, like I feel like I do without even intending to. 
And, like, I feel like I'm just perceived in that way sometimes. And I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, people literally be like, are we about to kiss right now? And I'm like, Wait, is it only male or is it, like, also... I mean, I feel like it translates in both ways, but it's more palpable Mm with men. Is it the male gaze situation? Um, I don't think it's necessarily the male gaze. It is in a way, because I think that... But I feel like it's, like, because I feel like men, when they see something, like, beautiful or good, I feel like they assume it's for them. (laughs) In some way, there's, like, this assumption that it is... For so, somehow for them or their consumption and it's like I was pretty before you realized I was pretty or told me I was pretty like I already like me and you liking me is just extra like cool didn't ask wasn't for you <laughs> can I already just exist in the world but I feel like I I don't know I don't intend to but I do give off a sexual vibe because I'm very comfortable with sexuality well I've been fascinated with like trying to figure out my own mythos and I feel like now more than ever, since I'm a fire sign, I'm all about not just creating my own mythos, but like being an archetype that's able to tell a story and like be about something else, you know? Mm. How so? And I feel like that's something that's missing from a lot of celebrities. Because like, I feel like a lot of celebrities are dead. In the sense of, like, they're not inspiring people to listen to. They're not... Yeah, they have no personality. story. There's no personality. They're just selling something or performing something. Like, I think Britney's really boring when she talks about her life. I think that, um... Jeff Bezos is really boring. I think that, um... Ew. Mark Zuckerberg is really boring. And even corny people like... What's his name? Elon Musk is playing the role of, like, an old... Ew, yeah. Batman supervillain... Lex Luthor, he's trying to portray himself as, but even then, that's kind of entertaining. Azealia Banks makes herself not as a... She shapes her narrative to be a radical, to be... And I think that's kind of interesting, too, to break apart everything that's her own narrative. I feel like that's just something that's missing, you know? People don't really have a good grasp of who they are, what they want to be, or what they want to portray, or, like, what they want to inspire, you know? Yeah. And they're too, they're too easily like pigeonholed. I think figuring out your own mythos and what you want to portray yourself as, or who you want to be, or what you portray yourself as, it'll be a fascinating journey. Yeah, I feel like people are too easily pigeonholed and put into just one thing, or they're just one thing, and it's like it's so boring, it's so lame, it's so played out. Like, I don't know. I couldn't imagine not being an inherently dynamic person. <laughs> like, let's just fuck that. Right. Fuck that. But also, yeah, that was also like, I'm quoting Adam Curtis for this, but, um, that I just did. Fuck, what's next on our docket? Shit, uh, I don't even know. I didn't write any notes on, yeah, I didn't write any notes on that, or Hugh Hefner, I didn't have the brain power for it. Me neither, I just, I, I wrote some notes for, I wrote some notes for quantum physics, that's about it, but not about the article. I didn't write any notes for that. I couldn't. Uh, my brain was just not on. I'm sorry, guys. This episode, my brain, she's dead. She's, she's, I'm here in spirit. <laughs> and, and in no. voice. <laughs> I'm trying. I think I'm, like, getting sick. Like, mm, I know. I feel you. Ooh, I got my vaccine shot the other day. Hey, that's what's up. 
Did you guys? We're join? so close. Yeah, I've gotten both. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Love that. Did you have any like symptoms afterwards? If you call a symptom being really horny, then yeah, sure. Mm. Otherwise, it's just like I couldn't really Damn. move my What's arm. What's it feel like to be fucking elite? Did you have symptoms? Were I you mean, horny? I don't know. I think it varies per person, but I got a like mm-hmm. I got sick my first one, like lost my voice, and then like the my second one I also got sick the whole next day. But also my immune system is fucking trash. Like I get sick really easily. So it just be like that. Like right now I feel like I'm getting sick yet again. Like just from like like if I like will like drink a little bit too much and not drink enough water, then I'm like I'm gonna get sick. I'm like a fish in a stream right now, but the stream is not my own stream of consciousness. It's a stream of pee <laughs> or something. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's a stream of like Molly water. Actually, no, I'd be a lot more alive. Alleg- like maybe who knows? Literally. So like, what the hell is happening right now? <laughs> Someone's gonna puzzle it back together for. Oh, well, Mars Square Neptune just happened. So, like, every action or all our motivation is kind of drowned in, like, a sea of, like, other emotions and other feelings and other impulses and other dreams. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very. We're not too. We don't have such a good grasp of our consciousness right now. Also, the Sun, Moon, Mercury, and Venus are all in Aries right now. Are they? Yep. It's aggressive. Or I don't know if I don't know if the moon is quite in Aries yet. It might still be in Pisces. I'm not sure. I'd uh, have to double check that one. Cause this is given to me for fucking Sunday, and it's Saturday allegedly right now. Yeah, the moon. The moon is just barely. Hold on. What is gonna hit next? Um. Oh, wait, so, okay, so the New York Times article released this, New York Times released an article saying that there's evidence mounting that a tiny subatomic particle is being influenced by forms of matter and energy that are not yet known to science, but which may nevertheless affect the nature and evolution of the universe. So, essentially, they just, like, explain quantum physics and magic, because, like, like, when Pretty we were much. talking about the fact that, like, in the age of reasons, everything's been dissected and is being being investigated up to a, such a subatomic level that eventually they see that, like, there's particles, there's atoms, but there's something else that people don't understand makes up the universe and is invisible, and nobody knows why, and this New York Times article just proves that there is something there, but we don't know what it is. Facts. And... That's the whole theory of, like, where magic may be coming from. And the fact Absolutely. that, like, even our emotions and our brains is able to pick these particles and atoms apart and reshape things into a new reality, a new way, a new... Like, it's just insane how, like, in a vibrational frequency, like, these little, little organic things can just, like totally fuck things up like okay like it's all about particles and it's the fact that we are not even solid objects you know like we are broken apart we're not even whole you know in an in a subatomic level our atoms are not even connected they're not up against each other there's like little spaces in between and that's like 
what people have been trying to figure out, like, what is this, you know? It's very and true. It looks and like with like the New York Times article, vibes are real, energy's real. Very, very true. And, yeah, I feel like this is literally just, like, like the science behind magic and manifestation and energy and stuff. Like, we truly do have the power to shift our realities and to to merge with energies and because we are energetic beings like it's basically just figuring out why that is which is kind of cool because like if we can fine-tune this we could get really good at magic we could get really really good at magic because we can be even more scientific about it you know and that's kind of sick as fuck no exactly it's just insane (laughs) crystals might be onto something um Subtle electromagnetic currents that passes through crystal could actually affect us and change our molecular structure. And, like, I I only know about quantum physics because last year I was really deep in my witchcraft. And, like, one of the reasons people explain, like, witchcraft working was through, like, psychological means where you do rituals Mm -hmm. and those rituals changes the way you think and how you present yourself and how you view the world but also it's the one of the other theories is just that it's not it's more psychological it's more than just psychological and it's also about quantum physics and it's about your energy your emotions your physics just being able to reshape the little subatomic particles that could impact so many different things and like it's been proven that just like your emotion can reshape your reality you know it shapes the way atoms move and everything like it's it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> That's like absolutely no i totally agree because because we are we and our lives move in the direction that we put our energy so if you think about it things like rituals and magic and intention setting and things like this you know manifestation whatever what have you that's a direction in which we're moving our energy and we also do this unconsciously i feel like magic is literally just a channeling of consciousness in a specific direction that's how i typically view it like my practice is almost entirely energetic because that's that's all i need you know and i feel like we do this unconsciously as well in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. throughout our lives you know and it's all about changing your consciousness of it and Mm -hmm. like uh, how you work through that consciousness like for example if you focus on negativity all the time if you're like just stuck in all this whatever that's the direction that your energy and your life is going to move in that's just how it's going to be you can ground you don't have to act like negativity and bad things don't exist but you can accept them for how they are and uh, make like a conscious effort to move towards what it is that you want and what you can have and what you do have no right and i feel like so much things have been lost over the years in a sense of like people don't view spirituality as important anymore it's all about science and reason but even then when they're getting down to the little itty bitty things about life when they get to the molecular subatomic level when they talk about distant stars and planets and past millions of years in the past and 
thinking about the future, all people could, and scientists all ever do is just talk about themselves and their own perception of reality, you know? Science can't even explain consciousness or, like, why we're so different from any, everyone else, like every other animal, you know? Mm-hmm. They try to put, like, a Freudian psychoanalytical spin, but it's still, it's something that's uh, unimaginable and unexplained, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. science likes like- to label everything differently and try to like categorize everything but they get to explain so many things and i forgot there was like this one magician and i have his book and it's like witchcraft 101 is like the book you have to get if you want to get into witchcraft and he just explained that like witchcraft is basically just like unexplained science that's it that's very very true that's all that's all i'm gonna end it at that's so true and it's like I think that this, with the quantum physics stuff, that's literally just us figuring out a little bit of the science behind witchcraft and stuff, and, like, energy and whatnot and what have you. Like, it really truly is, like, a science, and I feel like you would be stupid to think that we, uh, we know exactly how the human consciousness works, how energy in this world works, like, This world is incredibly mysterious. There's so much that's unknown. Just because we have the internet doesn't mean we're so smart and evolved. We are still so deeply at the beginning of our fucking journey as a species. Like, we're near the end, potentially. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird fucking thing. And I feel like, truly, like I said, magic is just a direction of your consciousness. I want to say it's uh, like witchcraft and um, witchcraft is quantum physics and astrology is science that's yet to be explained or has been explained or will be explained in due time. Like, for example, um, the there was this article that I saw or whatever that was floating around this information about Mark Filippi and he said that our dominant neurotransmitter change with each of the four weeks of a lunar cycle the first week of a new moon brings a surge of acetylcholine the next breaks serotonin then comes dopamine and finally norepinephrine and so essentially like when there's a new moon we are the kind of chemicals that the moon brings to us is associated with new ideas making friends and being open-minded on point then the second cycle which is like the half moon um i can't really think of it of a name right now but um it's all about the quarter moon it's all about like it brings serotonin and it's all about getting things done being industrious and reaching conclusions is a square of course and then a full moon is all about brings about dopamine and it's about what it makes you want to relax and enjoy being with people not about work or getting things done and it's an exhaustive energy occultically so i wouldn't give them all that i mean dopamine does make you hyper and social so uh, well i guess it's on point yeah and then the last the third quarter moon or whatever brings about norfinefrine i don't know the chemicals names sorry guys i'm not a scientist like that um well anyway the third quarter moon um brings about makes you very analytical organizing things and moving above the situation to figure out the structure which underlining things yeah so essentially yeah it makes you get ready for like the new moon and you get super hyper aware and try to organize and try to get rid of things so you can bring something new for the new moon for the new cycle to begin 
So again, it's just f fucking crazy, you know, magic is going to be explained further down the line, and I feel like people like me are going to be undescribable, undes unstoppable, in the sense of, like, I can just reshape reality with my wishful thinking, which my blessed heart, and, yeah, the phase of the moon is explained through science already, energies are real, as explained earlier, and... We'll see how things go. It's going to be a fascinating couple of years. Calling to believe in demons and angels. Those are very real. Uh, I forgot. I, I, well, yeah, I have nothing else to say other than... I'm going to yeah. bring religion back. And I'm all about the Kabbalah. And Mood. It's going to be interesting seeing... I feel like we're going to see a rise of like cults. And, like cult leaders and cults of thought. I hope so. In a different way. <laughs> Time will it's, tell. No, it's here. It's here. What do it you is. think about, like, James Charles and his followers yeah, exactly. defending him to the very end? Yeah, I mean, cults are here. They're just reshaped into, like, cults of personalities, you know, cults of celebrities, mm. cults of, yeah. Things that people can kind of cling to to give them a sense of identity Poli and meaning. Yeah, no, yeah, yep. we talked about it last. Yeah, like, politics. Like, that's the, that's the new religion, the new cult for the atheist you know that gives them meaning that gives their life structure but even then they don't know how to like dream above a new order dream of a new economy like like yeah like the economy politics religion is all fake it's all part of the human imagination it's all part of like a big collective unconscious and like in christianity like in a symbolic level they talk about the apocalypse but it's like, my mom always explained to me, like, the apocalypse is here, you know? Uh, a hurricane can come and destroy your whole life and your whole town. And here it is. It ended your whole world. And, like, I take that with me. Like, that imagery she painted It's like, yeah, the apocalypse is just a destruction of a world, of an idea, of an event, you know? And people... And then after the apocalypse comes, you have to build a new world, build a new system of belief. And that's just something people have forgotten. They don't know how to, like, imagine something new. They go back to the old. They go back to systems that have failed and are outdated. Oh, it's so weird to exist. Uh, it's so annoying. It's such a drag. Um, if anything, if, if I have any meaning in my existence would be hopefully to make people dream of a better world or bring my own reality and my own wishful thinking into existence you know so this is why i'm friends with straight white frat bros you know <laughs> christ <laughs> i mean uh, it, that was a bit guys i mean they don't exist in my world i live in san diego they exist here uh, I have to go, like, to Long Island or upstate New York to find them. Mm, spooky. And, uh, I'm not leaving New York City. I'm not leaving New York City. For not for them. Not for them. Just the coast. Should we, Just should we close city. off with some new moon shit? New moon? Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah, not the Twilight book. The Twilight book? Yeah, new moon. <laughs> Sorry, that one did uh, not land. <laughs> um... No, I've never seen a movie. Uh... Oh, I've never seen New Moon. I've seen the first or maybe the second Twilight movie. Never read the books. I tried to read the first I've one. It wasn't for me. Seen... I don't know. I felt like I was too grown when they came out. Yeah, exactly. Uh... I was too much of a book snob also. Right. Oh, wait. I don't know. I was into Buffy and then 
Twilight came out, and I, from the trailer, it was, like, very, very romantic, and I wasn't about that at 13. I was like, oh, gross. Yeah. Boy, girl kissing. Just, you're like, what is this? It's disgusting. (laughs) Probably too old to think that way, but, uh. Oh, well. Wait, I have no idea what that came out. I was probably in elementary school. So, I guess my point still stands. Gross. Icky. Shit. But, um, we have a new moon in Aries on September, no, April 11th, and new moons is when the night goes dark, we dive into our emotions, our consciousness and our emotions are intertwined, we're dreamy, we're restless, we're maybe too unrestless? We're restless. We're dreaming. We're exhausted. We're connected with our emotions. Um, we can't tell what's going on. No one really... Everyone's feeling a little bit drunk. It's not dramatic like a full moon. It's just like people are just spilling their guts out. And they're one with their emotions. And they're one with their inner demons and their inner psychic world. And that's... Mm. They're dealing with that. A lot of crying involved. Not yes. out of expression, but just of, like, a deep sorrow or a deep, like, nostalgia. Release, yeah. Yeah, so time for Truly. release. Yeah, they're crying because they're getting ready for a new cycle to begin. They're... Very true. You're crying because you symbolically know, like, this is the end. And it's a new moon in Aries, so... I think you guys still have time for the next few days to, like... Write down whatever you want to release and burn it in the classic Aries fire. So I have this little quote from the astrological grimoire by Grimoire? 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 I cannot say I cannot say it because of my list, but thank you, Hannah. (laughs) Um, I'm not totally sure on that one. Also, (laughs) I could I could be wrong. Grimoire, grimoire, grimoire. Anyway, um, the astrological grimoire by She Wolf and Beatrix Gravesguard, and she said this about the new moon in Aries and what to do around this time. Close your eyes. (laughs) Close your eyes and listen to the thumping. Your own tiny beating universe that you travel through also need to slow down on its axis. This blood rushing through your ears might agitate you, but listen instead of its invitation to think before you react. Before you make a decision, look outside and see if you can name all the blues in the sky. What message would you write to yourself on a blank state of a cloud, if you could? Paying attention to the sensory information around you can slow your pounding heart down just long enough to make a better decision. Listen to music with no words. Listen to distant bird songs and dog howls. Listen for what the blank sounds between the notes to tell you. Again, it seems really sad, but I think they're coming down to the fact that, like, listen to what your heart's telling you, your emotions, yeah. your inner psychic world, about what you need to let go of, what you need to own about yourself, about your own shadow. And it's very true. And what the fuck can you time, cut out of your life? Right. No, also that is just like, what can you cut out from your own behavior, your own shadow, mm-hmm. your own bad, you know, decisions and your own bad like, thoughts. And, like, this moon 
Venus is there, Mercury is there, the sun is there. There's a whole lot of thought, of feeling, of, you know, relationships, love, connections, ego self, like, thing, a whole lot, a whole, whole lot going on there. And then in the next few days, get ready for manifestation, like, next week. Skirt. Hey. Yeah, by, like, so. April 17th. Um... April 17th, we're going to have a full moon in Taurus. It's very literal. Do we Do have we any parting words? Yeah, I um, guess so. Sorry, y'all, that my brain is foggy this time. You know how it be. It is um, what it is. I'm going to take some uh, medicine because I feel like I have a fever right now. And uh, I'm going to clean my room and lay in my bed and pass away. And probably not go to work. Guy, right? I <laughs> this podcast has been this podcast. This episode is going to be filled with subliminal messages. So mm-hmm. all positive. You can rest yeah, assured that I'm going to bring manifestation. Um, hey, is there anything be... you would want to manifest if you could manifest? I mean, it's a time for release, but like, oh, what do you want to like? We'll, we'll talk about see. this next time. Yes. I'm going to put this here in the... You know what? It's never too late to write a fast. Fuck the rules. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, fuck the rules. Your (laughs) energy... If you have the will, it's yours, baby. Shit, what I want is financial security, baby. Financial security, clear skin, nobody bothering me, just I'm vibing out. I'm chilling with me, my money, and my clear skin and my hot body. Right. I want a new gig, so any emotional attachment that I have with whatever's going on because of emotional sabotaging that's been done to me, I'm going to get it out of the way so I can, like, be clear in my path for better, bigger gigs, so. Period. So that's what I'm letting go of so I can, like, own it and grab it when the next full moon comes around. Founding the seats. I am like burning hey. out things that are stopping me from getting that bag. And oh, yeah, same. I'm going to be releasing. Leave myself at. Yeah, Facts. exactly. Um, I'm going to be releasing a whole lot. A whole lot. And then we're Gucci. And we're going to pop the fuck off. Right. Love you hey. guys. Love you so much. We're sending you back to Earth, babies. Thank you for joining us. Later, losers. Nerds. Later, nerds. Later, you sex dorks. They smith a while they pass, they slip away across the universe. Pools of sorrow, waves of joy are drifting through my open mind, possessing and caressing.
Inviting 